What's going on, crew? It's Monday. It's time to go after those dreams harder than we did the week before. I'm Paul Artale, motivational speaker, author, life coach, and just a dude sitting in his basement at a podcast microphone, excited to be delivering another message to you this Monday morning. And let's get it going. This week, we're talking about how you need to put others in a position to win for your own success. That's right. Your success depends not just on the help of others, but it also depends on your ability to put others in a position to be successful themselves. And I'm really excited to share three main points related to that. But before I do that, a quick shout out to a couple of quick announcements and shout outs going on here. And the announcements is, as, as this podcast continues to grow, if you have uh, an Alexa or you have a Google Dot like I do, you can now listen to the podcast on your uh, home devices. You just got to shout, Alexa, play the fierce, Fiercely Successful Podcast, or hey, Google, play the Fiercely Successful Podcast, and this podcast will follow you throughout the house. So if you want me in your home and not just on your mobile device, then that's hey, that's the way to do it. Shout out to uh, the analytics been looking at the podcast as it continues to grow. We're in Canada. We're in the United States. Podcast reaching listeners in France, in Madagascar, and in India this week. So love that the global reach is expanding as this Monday message expands. And that's just been really, really uh, great to see. And I started off doing this just as a whim. And to be honest, just as a way to another way to get my message out there with COVID not being in front of stages as, as, a, mod, as a motivational speaker. The live stage is not going to be there for the next year or two the way it was pre-COVID, and this is growing to something wonderful and awesome. And quick shout-out to my man, George, who sent me an email at paul at paulartale.com, and George said that the podcast gets his week going right, and his question was, what do I do to get my week going go right? Going right. Um, I, I consult a grammar book first and foremost, uh, but really one of the things I do to get my week going right is really simple is that Sunday I sit down for an hour or so and I just bullet out the objectives I need to get done for the week. And I actually revisit that list every day to make sure uh, there's nothing I'm missing or if small tasks come up. So that's what I do. And then I just get my head into the right space. I read what I need to read. I take some time for relaxation on the weekends. And then in the evenings, I record this podcast and boom, I'm ready to go. So thank you, George, for that email. Please keep the questions coming. Paul at paulartally.com. One more announcement is that in a couple weeks, you'll see a first of a three-part series on how to change careers. If you're in the middle of uh, a career change or considering a career change, I will take you through three a three-part series on what you need to do to get that. Shout out to all my peeps on Facebook for leaving comments and questions about that topic. And again, feel free to engage with me on any social media platforms. And of course, download. Remember to download this podcast, subscribe to it, rate, review it, do everything you can to spread the love that is the Fiercely Successful Podcast. All right, that's enough for the shameless plugs. This week, put others in a position to win for your success. And I really believe this, and I'm just going to get right into it, three points. So here's the first point. Number one, when we talk about putting others in a position to win, it changes the mindset 
All right, because one of the first things I'll talk about when I talk about your success is you have to assemble your success team, right? You got to have folks behind you that are experts that can guide you, that can give you advice. And that is a hundred percent true. But what I want you to think about is you have to not just rely on that team, but you need to elevate that team, right? You need to engage with them beyond just how can you help me, but you got to ask yourself the question, how can I help them? So by doing this, you change the mindset because your journey involves others. And by when it involves others, it it will go better and it will be more enriching and you will be more successful when you're able to put your your ego aside and put others uh, put others over, right? Put others in the forefront along your journey. I, I said the term put others over. Now, putting someone over is a term that I got from professional wrestling. Not that I was a professional wrestler. Uh, fun fact, though, before I went to become a certified uh, high school teacher back in the day, I was actually I had enough money to go to uh, university and become a high school teacher and for a special one-year program, or I could have taken that money and went down to Florida and trained with a Dory Funk Jr. to be an announcer at, at the Dory Funk, at the Funkin' Academy. And I, I chose to become a teacher because uh, I felt it was a safer route. Uh, no regrets about that because that certification program is what allowed me to walk on at the University of Toronto and fulfill that dream. But in professional wrestling, putting someone over means you're going to make them look really good in the ring, right? And a bit of a spoiler alert, or maybe I might be raining on some worlds about pro wrestling and how it works, but uh, it's a little prearranged, right? The, the outcomes of the matches are prearranged. The physicality is 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 real. Is real. Um, that, that takes a big toll on the pro wrestlers' bodies in the ring. But putting someone over means, you know, you might have to lose a match to make that person look good. But by making that person look good, you often make yourself look good. And by doing that, at the end of the day, when the feud is over, when the match is over, everybody seems to win. But sometimes you got to put the the wins and losses aside and just put yourself, put the, your opponent over so that you can all look good. And for the wrestling fans there and nostalgic wrestling fans there, just think of WrestleMania 3, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Hogan, one of the, the biggest, he's the Babe Ruth of wrestling, right? One of the, the most popular wrestlers of all time, if not the most popular professional wrestler of all time. Even people who do not know pro wrestling know who Hulk Hogan is, especially in our generation. And, you know, you got to think Hogan's the biggest wrestler of all time, but Andre double crosses him. Andre beats him up. They have a battle royal. Andre beats him up, throws him out of the ring, and that leads to WrestleMania three, where finally Hulk Hogan triumphs and has his big victory moment. Okay, so thinking about that, but to get to that point where that victory moment was that much more successful, Hulk had to put Andre first behind the scenes to make Andre seem like a big threat, which realistically he was a real threat because the man was seven foot one, five hundred pounds. But thinking about how do you, you know, that's what an example of what putting people over is. But really from, you know, to use another media reference, we're talking about people putting people over or developing the skill sets of our teams. Think of something like the Avengers, okay? Think of Nick Fury, all right, assembling this team. Nick Fury has a has a mission to basically save humanity. He can't do it alone. He needs to bring in experts. So he brings in Iron Man and he brings in Captain America and he brings in all these folks and he, he helps develop them because one of the things that is interesting about the Nick Fury character is that although he doesn't play a prominent role in a lot of the movies, he's there and he's always there to challenge the Avengers and to put them in positions where they can be successful or 
to develop or, or really help further their their career. If you, so he's, he's helping enhance their resume. It just, it would, I suddenly see Nick Fury in a room doing like a, a quarterly evaluation with Captain America saying, well, you know, Cap, um, you need to work on your interpersonal relations. But hey, shield throwing. Better than it was the last quarter, you get a 2% bonus. Maybe that's how it works in the Avengers. I don't know. I hear they get really good holidays. The medical, not so great. Uh, so anyways, back to serious though, but like back to the Avengers as an example is that, you know, Stark puts them in a position to win. Think about Iron Man. Think about Tony Stark himself and thinking about how he then comes to in his journey of being a successful a crime fighter and superhero brings Spider-Man, brings Peter Parker into the fold and then acts a mentor to him, right? So he is still trying to get the Avengers, you know, saving the world and he's bringing this other guy on and he's helping him along to make him better. But he knows by, ma- by making Peter Parker better, he's making the entire team better. He's making Iron Man better. And that's the me- mentality you have. So when you put, you have your team, you got to put all of that aside and thinking about not just about your journey because our journeys. For some of us, like as a speaker, I'm basically a solopreneur, okay? So it's, it's me, and then I have folks who help me out. But some of us, we want to start companies. We want to start businesses. We might have to actually lead teams that are part of our – we will be leading teams that are part of our businesses. So thinking about what are the wants and needs of your teammates and those that you are leading because you are now in a position of leadership. And do you want to treat people like they're a battery, like an expendable resource, or do you want to treat them like – you know, they are they are valuable and that you actually care about their success, their desires, and where you want to see them go, because the better they get, the better you get. And if you can understand that, then you're on a much stronger path to success. And there's always something I call the boomerang effect in that, you know, team members will not be with you forever quite often. Maybe you're starting your, your multinational company. Maybe they will. But Quite often they will move. I've had some of my uh, administrative assistants move on, but you know you want people to you want those folks to be able to refer folks back to you to say nice things about you to be able to help you in a pinch, right? You want to build those positive relationships, and you do that by putting people over. And if you're not convinced, then just I want you to take a second and think. Just think about a boss you've had who maybe not even just didn't, didn't just care about you, but just think about maybe some talent you brought to the team, some, maybe some project you did, you did the work on and you didn't get the credit. Has that ever happened to you? You work your butt off, you put your faith into a boss, especially in the early times when you start working at a company, you put your faith in and then boom, you do something really good and you don't get the kudos, right? You don't get the love. You don't, you know, the, the boss claims the work for themselves or they, they just keep asking for more. And at some point when you're drained, they tell you, well, maybe this isn't the job for you, right? Like, is that, is that the kind of leadership you want to exhibit on your success journey? Because trust me, your journey is a venture in leadership. It is a challenge in your leadership and your leadership is success is essential to your success. So that's the first point. The second point, you put people to put people over, to put them in a position to win so that you can be successful, you ha- it makes you better at leveraging the abilities of your team. No team is perfect. And you yourself, if you had no help, would still not be perfect. So the principle applies to you if you're a true solopreneur, which is almost impossible to do successfully. But those you work with will have huge strengths and they will have some weaknesses and me I'm, I'm you know I'm a I'm a strengths coach with the, the Gallup Corporation but on, on a much more basic level 
can you understand how to leverage the abilities and the talents that your team has? Can you not just do that, but can you get really good at doing that? Is that something you yourself can look to and bring into the conversations with the folks and use their passions, use their talents to your advantage and to the to their advantage, right? Think of think of something as simple as someone who does graphic design and certain types of graphic design, right? I mean, are, are you, can you go down that direction so they can do some really good work for you, which then elevates your brand, but then elevates what they want? Because I know sometimes I, I'm a free flowing guy. So whenever I bring my graphic designers on, I give them free reign to develop for me. I kind of give them vague ideas of what I want. I just say, just give me what you want. Give me different styles. Give me what makes you passionate and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you feedback and we can go from there. And I have had way more success that way versus really trying to dictate what I want. And so I think that's a way to go. So thinking about can you leverage the abilities of your team? Because by doing that, you're putting them in a position to win. Let me give you an example. The first uh, college team I coached here in the United States or I coached with, I, I was not the head coach, uh, was, was a small school called St. Mary's in Kansas Head coach was uh, Lance Henson, and uh, we we were uh, the team was 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 decent. We were strong, uh, and we had a really strong defense this year. Our, our, that year, our, my first year, our defense was number three in the nation. Teams could not score on us. We would literally win games three to nothing. And at the end of the season, I was you know I just remember listening to Coach talk and sort of asking him what. You know, how do you do this? Right. Because on paper, we didn't have the biggest team. We definitely didn't have the biggest team on paper. And in the conference, we didn't have sort of some of the all the the top prospects. But we had a really strong defense, really, really strong. Like I said, one of the we we, we would teams couldn't score on us. And I just remember always remember what Lance said to me. And he said, I look at the strengths and the abilities of our players. And it's my job as a head coach to put them in a position to win. We have speed, so I built my defense around speed so no one could catch us. We could get to the ball first, and that's what we did, and that's what worked. He said, I would, you know, if I try to run a different type of defense that was based on having 300 pound linemen and, and whatever else, he said, it would not have worked. I had to play to the strengths of my team. And by doing that, hey, we had a great season that year. Lance was the conference head, uh, conference coach of the year, uh, one of the best defenses in the country. It just really changed the trajectory of that program. And so thinking about that, when you're running your team, why it's essential is that because when you can leverage, piggyback off of the strengths of those that you have on your team, you your end game gets better, which means you get better. But you have to really acknowledge that because when you're leading folks and you're thinking about working with them, if all you're doing is pre prescribing what you think success is and not listening and not being intuitive to what they what they can truly do for you, then you're already taking one step back. I can't tell you how many times at the coaches convention in football specifically, and even in management, but at the coaches convention, you would, you would sometimes run into coaches who were just set on a system, whether they had the players to run that system or not. And after listening to the talk, I would sometimes ask them, well, how'd your season go? And it was never really a good season, regardless of the win loss record, which usually was not that very, very good uh, that for the season they were talking about, they were just never happy in their performance of their team because they felt like it underperformed. One of the reasons that underperformed is because they did not, look at the actual personnel they had and put them in the best position to be successful. So think about that with your team is what are their abilities, what are their strengths, and help them get there. Now, if you don't know how to do that, the Strengths Finder Leadership Assessment is a great tool. 
It helps you understand the strengths of your team. It, it literally gives you the five uh, leadership traits that are ingrained in you, your top five. And then you process that with a facilitator, facilitator such as myself and you do team building around it. But it also gives you a sense of uh, how people operate and what their strengths are. And then it can also lead into a more tactical tactical uh, conversation of, okay, you are, uh, you know, one of your strengths might be you're very futuristic. So you're really good at setting goals and vision. What are some tactile strengths you have with that, right? Or what are the nuts and bolts abilities you have that go along with the theoretical? So really good for you to help you understand your team, how they work, and how you can inspire them to do their best work, which again, then helps you because you are leading the team that is part of your dream, your success journey. Third and final point, ultimately putting others in a position to win is the true mark of good leadership. This will make you a be- a better leader. I talked about it makes you it helps you avoid treating others as expendable, and it helps you elevate others uh, instead of just being self centered and trying to elevate yourself. And I think that's really important because when you're doing this, you you got to think about you, you just you just got to think about your brand. You know, we talk about branding all the time, right? What's our brand? What's my brand color? What do I want people to associate me with? Yada, yada, yada. Well, in terms of your brand, this helps helps you figure out who you are and, and sort of there's the brand that people see in terms of the product or service you offer, but then there's the behind the scenes stuff. Like I talked about in my first point about the boomerang effect, word gets around, but thinking about not just the brand you're projecting to your customer, but the brand you're projecting to those that work with you and work for you and just that are part of that team. Um, this is also makes you a better leader because it really challenges you to take the focus off of yourself in terms of just the bottom line and really think about who you are and thinking about the type of person you are, how you interact and how you, um, how you want to be known um, in, in this world. And I think that's important because I know for me, part of my success journey is I'm not the type of guy. I, there's two things I never really want to be known for. I don't want to be known as some sort of ruthless guy that just steps on people and uses people. And I also want to be known as someone who's truly collaborative. I really seek out people who want to be collaborative with me, who want to be partners. That's why the members of my team will get commissions, uh, you know, when they help me, when I help get a booking, right? I, I really believe in that collaboration. It's not just monetary, by the way. I believe in helping folks any way I can and putting them over and putting myself over. I just recently had a meeting planner ask for recommendations uh, for speakers for their programming. And I, I gave names of colleagues and team members that I that I knew and that I trusted. And I, I will continue to do so because that's just the type of leader I want to be. And I will say a few years ago, I wasn't that type of person. I was all about me. I was all about putting myself forward and not about how I was leading the team. All I cared about was the results. And the reality was until I started caring about the team, the results didn't come the way I wanted them to. Until I cared about the team, the results did not come the way I wanted to. So that's why you need to put others in a position to win so that you can be successful. You need to put others over so you can be put yourself in a position to be successful. Number one, it changes the mindset, right? Because it, it takes the mindset away from your, your journey just being about you, but it's also about we, right? It's not about me. It's about we, right? Your journey involves other. You got to build a team so that because you have to build a team, then you have to develop that team. Number two, it will show you how to leverage your abilities, the abilities of both your team and yourself, which is then crucial 
to positioning yourself to be successful. And number three, it's really the true mark and true test of great leadership because leading people is really hard and it's sticky, but when you can do it right, you can really take yourself to another level. And as your enterprise grows, as your, uh, your, your ambitions grow, and as you keep getting more success, you will have to be more of a leader. And the more you can look at this mindset of putting people in the right position to be successful, the better leader you will be, the more successful your organization will be. That's what I got this week. I welcome any comments, questions you have, please leave them in the, the comment boxes on whatever platform you're listening to. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, download it, rate it, do what you have to email your questions or comments as well to paul at paulartelli.com and we will get it going. And Hey, Let's see what other cool countries get to listen to this podcast next week as we continue to go global. Until then, go after it harder than you did last week. You got this. This is a chance for you this week to knock some really important uh, obstacles off of your list this week. We all got stuff we need to do, uh, you know. Then so let's go out and do it. I will see you next Monday. Let's go at it hard. <laughs>